Thanks for listening to the Best of the Doug Gottlieb Show podcast. Be sure to catch us live every weekday from 3 to 6 p.m. Eastern Time. That's 12 to 3 Pacific on Fox Sports Radio. Find your local station for the Doug Gottlieb Show at foxsportsradio.com or stream us live every day on the iHeartRadio app by searching FSR. This is the best of the Doug Gottlieb Show on Fox Sports Radio. Boom! What up, America? Doug Gottlieb Show, Fox Sports Radio. Hope you're having a great day. The Doug Gottlieb Show broadcast from... Uh, Overcast, California, where people are out and about. They're scurrying around with one intention in mind, to pretend like they've been Rams fans the whole time. Welcome in. (laughs) John Ramos, congratulations. You are a longtime, lifelong Rams fan. Your team is going to the Super Bowl. John, your team's going to the Super Bowl. How do you feel? I feel great. What are you going to do next? I'm going to Disneyland. Hey! <laughs> uh, Jason Stewart, your thought? What, what is it? What is it like? You're a Charger fan to watch the Rams. Are you going to now cheer for the Rams in the Super Bowl? No, I will not be cheering for the Rams. My son actually sent me a text message saying, "Is this a bad thing for the Chargers that the Rams made the Super Bowl?" Yes. And I said, "I don't think so. We're, we're fighting for different fans out here, so I don't. I don't really care. Good for the Rams, but I'm not rooting for them." Mm, I feel like the you know the the bandwagon fans are going to hop on that bandwagon and uh, I don't know uh, Dan Beyer, um, long weekend. You're broadcasting during the end of the Kansas City Cincinnati game. What's that feeling like? Uh, well, it was a lot better than it was two hours prior when I thought we were going to just not have to talk about the game at all when it was 21-3. to But it was just a crazy, crazy afternoon. And I, I think that the what happened to the Chiefs was representative of what the entire AFC was this past season. But it provided good drama, a lot of good talking points, and uh, was very happy that that second half fell in our window. All right, let's, let, let's, get, let's get to it. Um, let me ask you guys each. And I, I have my own, and I, Jason, if you can't, you can do a good job of this. You know what my answer is, but it, it's, don't be skewed by my answer. You give whatever answer you honestly feel is the answer. Um, the biggest story, the biggest moment, the biggest thing of yesterday, like if you were building this show, what would you think the number one lead is? Let me start with Dan Beyer, because you have your own show. What would it be? The uh, inability of the Chiefs to close out Cincinnati. John Ramos. John's doing technical things. Sorry. Uh, so I'll, ta- I'll take over Stewart. this one. Yeah, I, my whole thing is that since it happened more recently, and maybe because I'm in Southern California, I just thought the Rams were the nat- natural lead, but I don't disagree with Dan. Mm. The dropped interception is, is, is interesting how we look at things now. Um, the inability for the Niners to run the football. Is, is, do we have John back? Or is he still? Is he still putting out fires? <laughs> See, I, when, when, when you say we have two, we're having technical issues, I, it, yeah, I, it, I, I, I go to my Star Wars thing. <laughs> and I think of I think of Chewie and uh, Han Solo uh, and Han Solo working on the Falcon while the Falcon's flying. That's right. right. That's what I kind of trying think. to leave the base at Hoth before the uh, Empire rolls in, getting it all fixed up. Um, what I think the lead is for today from the Rams game or just in general sports? No, like you're, you think the, fir- the biggest story of the day or the biggest story of yesterday was what? Uh, the Chiefs losing to the Bengals. I, I, I'm with you. I, I completely. I, I think what, what Dan said 
and what you said combined. Because what we're focusing, and look, Joe Burrow's got swag. Joe Burrow's a baller. Uh, Joe Burrow ends up being the quarterback, and then they got the kicker and all that stuff. But you have an offense that we view as, although there have been times this year where it's appeared to be normal human beings, you have three superheroes on an offense, right? Three superheroes and a couple other really good players. Like McCall Harmon's got great speed. Like he's kind of an afterthought, but he's the Oz Hakeem uh, of the greatest show on turf to that offense, right? Like you kind of forget about him, then he takes one to the house, right? They scored three points in reg- in second half and in overtime at home against the Cincinnati Bengals. And, oh, yeah, by the way, all of you field goals, if they take a field goal at the end of the second quarter, it's a different football game. Right? It's three true touchdown scores. Whether it's clock mismanagement, play calling, why wasn't Travis Kelsey in on second down on that last possession? Or the fact that Pat Mahomes played poorly in the second half. He played poorly. And of course, their season ends, the last pass he throws. And and again, please don't take this as I'm not doing the, you know, the the one side or the other. Pat Mahomes doesn't stink. He's great. Okay. And he's on a path to being viewed as one of the greatest, if not the greatest quarterback of all time. Again, he's on the path. He's not there yet. He's on the path. But he forces a ball to Tyreek Hill, and that's an interception, which is like that was that's the whole thing for the first half of the season, which is forces the ball to Tyreek Hill in, in some spots. Now, Tyreek Hill, but that game was over. It was a wrap. This, this is a true story, okay? I was coaching in a bass. I landed from the Kansas-Kentucky blowout. And I go immediately, I'm coaching basketball games and I'm coaching in a facility that has, they have gigantic TVs and they have like a video board and all of them have the game on. So I'm watching the game as I'm coaching. And then we have, we had a space in between games. We went and saw the kickoff of that game. And at halftime, I had to go and coach a game. So we're at Buffalo Wild Wings. We come back, come back at halftime. We're playing a game. And I tweeted out like, this is essentially a three hour pregame for the real game, right? Which is what Jason Stewart's talking about or no, what Dan Byer you were talking about. Like it wasn't even a game in the first half. It was just a coronation for the chiefs to go from that halftime of where it's like, Hmm, probably should have kicked the field goal, makes some points, but ah, doesn't matter. Right. They're the chiefs. They'll make it up in the second half to, they won the coin toss. This is a week removed from all of this discussion about overtime rules suck. Both teams should get the ball. It's not fair. And the argument has always been like, you know what you could do? You could play defense. A team that two years ago, go back and look, weeks 14 of the season, at the end of week 14, they were, if you would just, if you would have prorated it to week 16, the Bengals had the worst defense in the history of the National Football League. And we're still talking about Burrow and the kicker, and they held them to three points? in Kansas City, and the Chiefs won the coin toss and still lost the game. Like, that's what resonates to me. That's a wow. That is unbelievable. And we could point out the the play calling for the Chiefs, some of the execution of the Chiefs. Mahomes didn't play well. 
the Bengals rattled him. The Bengals hit him, and he was a different guy. They they corralled him. They kept him in the pocket so he couldn't roll roll and sling it. They got to him. That's the story of yesterday. There's a bunch of stories of yesterday, which I'm sure will be told as the week goes on. And right now, when we get to the Super Bowl, we do the hero treatment of Matt Stafford's amazing, Cooper Cup's amazing, Joe Burrow's amazing. Right? We just do the, the to the winner, to the victor goes the spoils, and we celebrate the quarterbacks. Bro, the story yesterday was about the defensive lines getting after impressing these quarterbacks and making them look human. It's about the Cincinnati Bengals, the most maligned franchise, I think, in the sport. They're cheap. They don't know what they're doing. They, you know, blah, 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 blah. They held the Kansas City Chiefs to three points again. This is the second time they've done it in the second half. They did it the first time they played him. They did it the second time they played him. Three points. That's unbelievable. That, to me, is the lead. That's the story. And, hell, we got the Bengals in the Super Bowl? The Bengals? Are you kidding me? I thought the Bengals were good. I thought they were good all year. I'm... But the Bengals are in the Super Bowl? Wow. What what a great day for sports. What a great... Because, look, the Rams are a good story. I still think the Niners are a hell of a story. I think the champion of Stafford will get to, like, look, dude, he threw a punt. He did an arm punt that wasn't caught. He got a second life. So it's really amazing. Jimmy Garoppolo is the worst when Stafford kind of had a Jimmy Garoppolo moment. Neither wide receiver was open. He throws it down the field. It's a it's a, a punt, and they drop the football. Kyle Shanahan's play calling fourth and two, not going for it on the Ram forty five yard line. That's a, we'll get to all that. But to me, the story is Cincinnati held Kansas City at three points, and Kansas City won the coin toss. Didn't cross midfield. Throws an interception, and the Bengals beat them in their house. That's a wow. That's a wow. The Chiefs were up 21-3, to and they won the coin toss, and they lost at home. Here's Pat Mahomes talking about this season, not living up to the standard for the team. The leaders on this team know that this isn't this isn't our standard. We want to win the Super Bowl. Whenever you taste that, that winning the Super Bowl, nothing less than that is success. And so with this group of guys that we have, we expect to, to be in that game and, and to, to win that game. And anything less than that is is not success. Um, so we'll, we'll go back and we'll look at all the things we did well, the adversity we battled through, the better the team that we became towards the end of the season um, and try to learn and try to learn from the mistakes that we made and try to be better next year. This is Andy Reid. Now, remember, the game kind of felt like it changed. It's like a, huh, that seems like a big place. 21 to three right before the half and no field goal. Instead, they throw a ball out to Tyreek Hill in the flat. He's, he's tackled, you know, two yards on the two yard line. Here's Andy Reid about that play. I was, uh, you know, I was hoping we could get, get the ball in the end zone. I probably gave him the wrong play first of all. So uh, to start with, I could have given him something better than that um, where the play was open in the end zone. And, um, and then we wouldn't have to go through that. I'll, I'll take responsibility for that one out. Here's Zach Taylor. Given his faith, the, go ahead. Given his faith, game's on the line, he's going to figure it out. Whether it's with his feet or extending plays, he made a comment last night. He's going to try to rush for a hundred yards, and and uh, I don't know how many yards he ran for, um, but but he sure took off there in the fourth quarter and made some huge plays with his feet. And here's uh, Joe Burrow 
about being down 21 to 3? I don't know if you ever want to get down 21 to 3. I said it earlier in the year when we started, you know, making some of these comebacks. You know, I never feel like we're out of it. You know, obviously 21-3 isn't exactly the most exciting position to be in. <laughs> He's awesome, isn't he? But the defense was incredible. The adjustments they made, they got playmakers back there making plays. The defensive line pressured pressured and kind of corralled Mahomes. And they bend they bended at the end of the fourth quarter, but did not break. What a day. What a day. Wow. Yeah, Jay. I uh what a disappointment. I I tried I wanted to get the wording right, but did you guys see the tweet of the of the day if not the year yesterday when when uh so the um the Chiefs win the coin toss and their official Twitter ac- account in all caps is like we won the coin toss like exclamation points galore, right? And then as soon as the Bengals won, the Bengals re, re- quote tweeted that and said and you lost the game and it was amazing. Like a, a billion retweets. I look at the account today and the tweet doesn't exist. No. They both they both erased the tweets. That was an epic. Oh well, but that was great. Buyer, that was um, watching that game. Watching the second half of that game was amazing. Like that's if you watch the first half and you watch the second half, it was like two different football games. Yeah, it truly was. Chiefs were were uh, flying on all cylinders, and in fact. When Cincinnati scored on the screenplay to make it 21 to 10, because that was the score at, at half, I think we all thought, and it looked like it, it was that going to be the case of too much time for the Chiefs. They'll just go down and score again because that's what they had been doing. And then they get the football at the start of the second half, and we'll just score again. But the, the play call that Andy Reid talked about and them just not getting any points not only sucked out their momentum, it gave Cincinnati something, and I think that carried over then in the, in, in what happened in the second half. Where, if even if you just if you kick the field goal, it's, I don't think it's an analytic sort of play. They had five seconds; you just have to get rid of the ball quicker if you're Patrick Mahomes. But even if you kick the field goal, you don't give Cincinnati any juice. You've scored on all of your possessions. Everything's good. You could go and carry that. But when they didn't score and Cincinnati made a play, that changed everything. I agree. I, I yeah. really agree. And Mahomes is so loose with the football. I was just talking, uh, we were in commercial break during that final drive yesterday, and when he was spinning around, they almost didn't. Win, they, they almost lost it in regulation because of the, they're trying the to fumble. maneuver the clock. Yeah, he ends up fumbling the football. And, you know, you know like they didn't want to throw an incomplete pass because they didn't want the clock to stop to give Cincinnati the ball to maybe go down and, and score. So they were very cognizant of not throwing the ball away. They wanted to work that clock to make sure they got the field goal. But man, he was, you know, he was pretty loose with it. That interception BJ Hill had at the line of scrimmage. I mean, it was actually a bit reminiscent of how the, the Rams kind of blew that lead against the Buccaneers where so many things had to go wrong. The Rams were more dramatic, like a you know a snap here and there. It's just that Kansas City, the way that they operated, just completely failed. And to do it for the second time in less than a month against the same opponent, yeah, that's inexcusable. Mm. Be sure to catch live editions of the Doug Gottlieb Show weekdays at 3 p.m. Eastern, noon Pacific on Fox Sports Radio and the iHeartRadio app. Doug Gottlieb Show, Fox Sports Radio. Okay, so... I I was at a, I was I, I watched the first half of Chiefs Bengals and I was at I was at uh, a Buffalo Wild Wings and then the second half and overtime I watched 
at uh, it's called Ladera Sports Center where we were playing in a basketball tournament. I was watching and coaching at the same time and saw all of the fourth quarter and overtime uh, when our game concluded. So what what did I miss? What was the audio issue, Jay Stu, that you that you said was was problematic? Well, there's a couple things. Let's begin with the national anthem. Um, who was the artist, Dan? Do you do you know? Um, it was a, a fe- I don't know. I it was a I female artist, and half of the national anthem uh, had sound issues. You couldn't hear her voice. So that was strike one on the CBS uh, broadcast crew. Um, and then at halftime, they come out. And you know they got this big sponsored halftime analysis, and all the guys are ready with their with their analysis, and they start talking, and they had a country band in the background during the halftime show, where the speaker for the concert was right into the set of the CBS set, and it sounded like this. Okay, so so <laughs> so let me let, let me. Uh, let me explain. Now, they, they, they do live shows occasionally on the road, okay? And I've done the Final Four for them. And the Final Four, uh, we didn't do it during the concert, per se, because we threw to concerts that they had throughout, was in Atlanta at the time and in Dallas, whatever. But uh, my, my uh, those things are hard. Um, I don't know who you blame. I would say that part of the issue is if you don't do a remote every week, you know, if you're not do if you're doing it once a year, things like that happen because you don't have the trial and error of, you know, we had a concert in the background we could hear, you know, and it's really hard when you're doing when you're doing what Boomer Esiason's doing because you have earpieces in the ones they give you for the road are both ears. So it's a lot like what musicians use because that way you don't get the you don't have the delay. Uh, in the stadium or in the mix minus. So you can't hear any of that stuff. You don't know. Like no, no one actually knows. The only people that know usually are in New York or they're back home. I, I don't know if you even know it when you're in the truck. My my guess would be like that's one of those. They just haven't done it enough. They well, just what, haven't done enough. Huh? What, what it sounded like um, happened was the the person in charge of the sound did not prevent the person in charge of putting the speakers up for the concert to put the speakers right onto the set. And I think the speaker was moved in into place like at the last minute. So you have JB start, and he's a trooper. He's just working through it. Then Phil Sims, and then by the time it gets to Boomer, the fourth voice, like Boomer's like, I'm sorry, I couldn't hear a word you just said. Like he was the one guy that broke face. All the other ones were just powering through it. It was, it was hilarious, funny, sad, because you think about it, you know, they work up to this point, you know, they're at the game and it was just complete disaster. Complete and abject disaster. No question. No question. It's a complete abject disaster. And don't get me started on Tony Romo, who decided to ruin another uh, ah. game call at the end. Do of you the have game. it? Do, do you have the call at the end of the game? Of course. From 31 yards, McPherson and Cincinnati is heading to the Super Bowl. He called it again, I'm sure. He walked up and he goes, can you believe, coach? We're going to the Super Bowl. And they did it. They beat Mahomes at home. Wow, Joe Burrow. No way. Only two quarterbacks have won an FBS national title game and a Super Bowl. And that's Joe Namath and Joe Montana. And Joe Burrow's trying to be the third. (sighs) 
<laughs> no way. That's the best one right there. No way. <sighs> Byron, what do you think, bud? <laughs> I can just imagine uh, the director in his ear. Just keep talking, Tony. Just keep keep saying all your notes. Kill his oh. mic! <laughs> Stop talking! Uh, can't, can't they just mute their mics? You know? Of course they can. Yeah. Of course they can. This is, it's, I, I just wonder what Nance is, because Nance was behind the getting rid of, uh, of Phil Sims, right? And Nance, by all accounts, you know, recruited him, recruited Tony Romo. And, you know, Nance is big on that final call. Cincinnati is going to the Super Bowl, right? And what you're supposed to do is lay out. Just let the picture tell the story. Let the ambient get the, it's called nat sound. Let the natural sound come through. And you, you give it about a, you know, about a 30 second, don't say word. And that's where Nancy's only, I've actually, I know a, a broadcaster. I'm not, I'm not going to tell you who. Yeah, he did not do it with me, but I know he did it with a friend of mine who in, in a situation like this, he actually covered up his partner's mouth. Because he knew you were supposed to lay out. Somebody needs to tackle Tony Romo and tell him like, bro, this one is not about you. And I don't think Tony, I honestly don't think Tony, it's about Tony. I just think he's excited and he's got somebody gave him a card that said, you know, somebody gave him some stat that says FBS. FBS. Yeah, no, that's what happens. You're sitting there and they, they give you a stat. This is all great information. You got, you got plenty of time, plenty of time to get it in. But what happens is you get it in your hand. You're like, oh, 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 the only guy FBS. You're just like, no, stop talking. And and I will be I, again. This is all completely can. I'm sure somebody else from CBS going to say, well, you're a hater because you, you you used to be like, no, I like the place. I thought they were really. I thought doing games was awesome because they totally got what you're supposed to do, what you're not supposed to. I guarantee they're all cringing over this. No way. Yeah, they're cringing. They're like, and and maybe I'm wrong. Maybe that Romo's excitement is, it's a lot like John Madden, like relates to the common man and he's just excited and that's what it translates that. But in, in everything I've been taught about broadcasting, that violates it. Rule number one, say less. And when they say less, it's not like the now expression say less. Yeah, it actually is. Say less means say no more. Say nothing. Say nothing. Your job as a color analyst is to tell us why, not to tell us what. And you are telling us what. Just let the crowd and the natural sound take care of it. God, that was, that was, what did it, was the kids say? That was cringe. That was cringe. Cringy. <laughs> well, they now, it, it cringe, cringy has now become cringe or cringe worthy has become cringe. Here's Dan Byer. Dan, what do you got? You uh, have you watched any of the fourth season of Ozark? I'm not going to give anything away. Don't worry about it. The new season? Yeah, I didn't even know it's. I I guess I thought there were four seasons, so no, I haven't. Okay, all right. Well, there there's just a there's a dialogue at a point in in uh, season four where somebody's talking about a recipe, and the guy goes tells him everything he puts in there, and he says, "Yeah, you're smothering it because you're putting all these ingredients in," and that. <laughs> is what happened with that broadcast. There's just too much completely, completely smothered. Doug Gottlieb show here on Fox Sports Radio. Yeah, Kentucky. I mean, they just mollywomped Kansas. I was at that game. It was 18, it was 20 at the half. And 
It was it it was bad. By the way, uh, Jimmy G told Mike Silver after the game. Now I can say the truth. Every play I feel it, but we made it through. He's talking about his thumb. I can't believe this blank held up. To be completely honest with you, the thumb, the shoulder, all of it. It was one thing after the other. Every time I threw, it was a lot. I like Jimmy Garoppolo, and I don't put a too much of the blame on on Jimmy G. When you can't run it, and then you can't set your feet to throw it, you're going to be a bit of a mess. And th- this is an offensive line that usually mat- mauls people. And I don't know what the Rams did, but they were incredible. You're listening to, to, to You're listening to the Doug Gottlieb Show on Fox Sports Radio. Check out the latest lines from the world of sports at Bet Rivers Sportsbook. Bet Rivers is the trusted name in online sports betting. Must be 21. Must be present in Colorado, Illinois, Indiana, and Pennsylvania to play. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Doug Gottlieb Show, Fox Sports Radio. Isn't it funny how we, like today, it's, oh, the Rams, all those moves, they were amazing. They worked. See, they were focused, hyper-focused on the Super Bowl. And because they were focused on the Super Bowl, uh, because they went and they extended all those draft picks and resources, it worked. More teams should do that, right? That's, That's what we, that's what we do. Uh, Okay. Okay, they they almost gagged one away to the Buccaneers. They were down 10 points, and Matt Stafford with an absolute arm punt. Like I, that, that's one of those, if the Niners intercept that throw, okay, if the Niners intercept that throw, and uh, what is it, uh, Jakiski Tart, if he catches the football, Right in his hands. Like, Matt Stafford's a dog today. Like, it's that... Bayer, am I wrong that, like, it's it really is that simple. If, if Tart catches the football and the Niners win the game, and I would grant you that, that the Rams dropped two touchdown passes in the first half, like, right in their hands. And Stafford was under duress a bunch of that game. Granted, I mean, it's the, it's the Niners. He also fumbled once as well, right? But if Tart catches that ball, Matt Stafford is a choker today. And instead, he drops the ball, and Matt Stafford is going to Super Bowl, and everybody's wrong about him. Yeah, I, I, and I think, that it's, I, think it's, I think there's two things in play. Number one, it's just everything is so magnified in these scenarios. So when you're, when you're in that scenario and you're talking about plays that you should have made, you know that that play could come back to haunt you. And then when they did lose the 49ers, that's the play you point to. And honestly, Stafford's throw was no different than Rodgers' throw to Devontae Adams, which fell incomplete against the 49ers. Joe Burr, uh, excuse me, Patrick Mahomes' throw against Cincinnati in overtime that ended up being picked off. There were two wide receivers and three defenders, and one of them who was, you know, playing a, you know, had a can of corn and he just dropped it. So, yeah. Yeah, that that's also what it creeps into your head if you're a 49ers fan being like, "Uh-oh, is that going to end up costing us?" Yeah, no, it's a, it's a hard one. It it's a hard one to get over. Um here's here's what I want to say. Look, I think it's fascinating. The going for it, not going for it. The going for two, not going for two. 
And I, I would agree with anybody who said the story of that game was the Rams defensive line. Defensive line stomping and slowing down and hold it. Was it 20 carries, 50 yards? Is that right? Is that, is that the numbers I have? Yes. The, ni- the Niners vaunted running game. But for Kyle Shanahan, hey, two yards kind of wins you the game or comes close, puts, puts the game, you know, worst case scenario, you, you kick a field goal there. You got Robbie Gould. You got the better field goal kicker. To not go for it at the 45-yard line of the Rams. And, and people can say, well, he always gets conservative. No, he doesn't. When they're up 28-3 in the Super Bowl with the Atlanta Falcons, he, he didn't take his foot off the gas. They didn't run the football enough, right? Like, it, it's, coaching's hard. I'm not disputing that. And, and I understand that sometimes play calling, they see something, you know, the, the, third down play, the, the third down play was atrocious, right? Just like running it right in the line of scrimmage. Second down play call wasn't great either. But to punt in that situation to me, and they took the, uh, you know, they took the delay a game so that they had a, a better chance of pinning the Rams back. And granted, that tart drop doesn't happen if they don't punt. So there is a butterfly effect to it. But I don't understand how Kyle Shanahan doesn't go for it there. I don't understand how they didn't go for it. Do you, Bayer? Do you did did you agree with that move when it was made at the time? I I did not. I, my rabbit ears did not go up at that time when they chose to punt. Okay. I will say that. Like, and I I think I sometimes lean on the side of being conservative. That may be the old school guy with me, but I did not did not raise my you know antennas, if you will. Definitely going to be a video game. Not sure on a season. Doug Gottlieb show here on Fox Sports Radio. T.J. Hushmanzada, former Pro Bowl wide receiver with the Bengals, joins us. Of course, you can hear about up on game. That's every Saturday noon to two Eastern time. Apply Scott Burris and Lavar Arrington. T.J., you and I have had long discussions about uh, the dysfunction within the Bengals before you got there when you first got there, and how Marvin had you guys lined out, and you know you for you know Carson got hurt. When he got the big contract, that sets you guys back. Um, you can never get past that first round game. And then they really bottomed out two years ago. To go from there to the Super Bowl and going through Kansas City and holding Kansas City to three points in the second half and overtime. What, what is that? What, what is this like for you? It's uh, I'm happy for him. For that, and, that, and that's a fact. Zach Taylor, they literally... I mean, they want to fire him before the season, right? Like there was a lot of talk about. Everybody was saying this: the guy they hired to replace Marvin Lewis. They literally have an opportunity to go from worst to first. Like, literally, just two years ago, they had the number one pick of draft, twelve fourteen. They draft Joe Burrow. Well, who is this Zach Taylor guy? Why? Why is he the coach? And they're in the Super Bowl, and the offense has gotten a ton of credit, right? So, but you just said it. They held the Chiefs to three points in the second half in overtime. They also held the Chiefs to three points in the second half in the first meeting as well. Sure. This defense deserves a ton of credit because without them playing the way they're playing, the Bengals aren't here at all. And the quarterbacks get a ton of credit, but you got to start talking about this team because without this defense, we're not talking about the Bengals. No, no question. What did they do? What, what, what specifically did you see them do? I mean, I've seen, I've read uh, Bill Barnwell from ESPN. He wrote a piece and he said, you know, uh, they, they went with 
you know, eight, eight DBs uh, or only three down linemen most of the second half. But they didn't play all too high. They played some single high. It was about half and half, 17 plays of each single high, which supposedly is death against the Chiefs. What did you see that the Bengals did differently in the second half that allowed them to, to, to stop, the, stop the Chiefs? Specifically, you remember in the first half, they're rushing four guys. They had no pressure on Mahomes, none. Mahomes was sitting back there like it was seven on seven. So the Bengals said, ah, we can't get pressure with four. <laughs> we might as well uh, just rush three. We're not getting pressure with four. Let's drop another guy in coverage, and we can better disguise. We can go two high looks, and we can have play man and have two guys robbing in the middle, spying, so to speak. And it had them confused. The Chiefs want to knock you out with every punch. And they don't want to just win the round by scoring points. And so I felt like the Chiefs were trying to get the big play. The Bengals are dropping eight. Mahomes had all the time in the world when they were rushing four. He had all the time in the world when they were rushing three. But it was just more guys in coverage, and the Chiefs didn't adjust. I thought Andy Reid got a little cocky at the end of the first half. Dude, kick the field, going to take the three points. Thank you. He was, he was feeling himself. I'm going to go for the touchdown. That came back and bite him in the butt. Yeah, he even said, even in his, his quote after the game, guys, do we have that? Can, can you pull that up really, really quick? L- listen to his, his quote after the game wasn't, I should have just taken the three, right? Take a listen. This is Andy Reid after they get stopped on the two-yard line and don't get any points before a timeout. I was, you know, I was hoping we could get get the ball in the end zone. I probably gave him the wrong play first of all. So uh, to start with, I could have given him something better than that, um, where the play was open in the end zone, and um, and then we wouldn't have to go through that. I'll, I'll take responsibility for that one out. He didn't say I should have kicked the field goal. He said, you know, I I probably gave him the wrong play. That's all he said. You know why, Doug? Because they had three possessions, three touchdowns. He thought it was going to continue to be easy. This is the AFC Championship game. Yeah, you're running through them right now. Three points? That's a three possession. They need three touchdowns. It'll be 24 to three. But when you're moving the ball up and down the field, the way that the Chiefs were moving the ball up and down the field, at that point it was 21 to 10. It would have made it 24 to 10. It would have been a two touchdown lead. I just felt like it was too easy for him in the first half. And he felt like it was going to be that way the entire game. And he was wrong. The Chiefs have such a great offense, but they have to figure out when teams are giving you the things underneath, just take them. Just take them. Quit trying to knock everybody out with one punch. But kudos to the Bengals because they knew the Chiefs' mentality. They did it in week one or four weeks ago in the first meeting, and they did it again yesterday. And I said it. I said it the whole week. The Bengals feel very confident in beating the Chiefs because not only did they beat the Chiefs, they were down 14. So them being down 18 didn't concern them because, oh, we've been here before. T.J. Hushmanzada is our guest on the Doug Gottlieb Show on Fox Sports Radio. Um, it didn't feel like just the play calling. Mahomes didn't play well, right? For a guy who we've all – and we've all – I mean, like, look, the guy's been incredible in early on in a career. I mean – it's sometimes you forget this is only year five of him in the NFL year four as a starter. And he's been to that championship game every year as, as a starter. Why do you think is it, is it simply he was going for the home run, but he, he, he was a little erratic. Why do you think that was? I, I think it was easy. It was easy early on. It was easy and things got harder and you, 
when he's running around in the first first half, uh, running left, go right, go left. Oh, throw the touchdown, Tyreek Hill. It's a great play. He tried that in the second half. The Bengals were just better on the back end. He was doing the same thing in the second half that he did in the first half. They just weren't complete. You know, the Bengals played better. They stuck to their guys. They didn't vacate their zones. And if they were in man, they were on the hip pocket. Mahomes is a guy who's going to make great plays. And then it's when they're not great plays, oh, get rid of the ball, Patrick. Hey, you can't grin when you win and sing the blues when you lose, right? And so Mahomes, that's what he is. The Chiefs had a good season. The Bengals proved they are the better team because they all oh, the first game was a fluke. The second game to go to the Super Bowl, it can't be. You got it can't be. You just got to get the Bengals. Uh, you got to give them their credit. T.J. Spencer is our guest in the Doug Gottlieb Show on Fox Sports Radio. I'm not going to shade your your response. What do you think was the biggest factor in allowing the Rams to go to the Super Bowl? Wow. The, the, the Rams really, they manned up up front on that defensive line. The, the, the 49ers weren't able to physically impose their will. And history has shown, and it's not a long history, but anytime Jimmy G throws the ball 25-plus times in a playoff game, he loses. At the end of the third quarter, I believe he had 23 attempts. I said, I'm not worried about nothing. The 49ers going to lose. He's he going to throw the ball more than three times in the fourth quarter. And, and so... History held true. They need to be able to run the ball 30 to 40 times to win. Jimmy G stay under 25. But the Rams up front, they did get physically manhandled like they had been in uh, previous games. They they manned up up front, and that was the difference in the game. Yeah, I, I thought defensive lines were, especially the Rams, getting to getting to Jimmy Garoppolo. I mean, he had no time to drop back. They couldn't run it, and they, they struggled to throw it, right? I, I do think it was interesting. Kyle not going for it on fourth and two at the Rams 45, that one was that one was odd to me. But when you look at it, they, they were playing great defense. They were, they were playing great defense all game, the 49ers. The Rams had moved the ball and pretty much put a dent in the 49ers all game. So I don't mind that. You know, we, we all can be Monday morning quarterbacks. Ah, you should have done this. They had 10 points. The Rams did heading to the fourth quarter. And so, I believe it was 17-7. They had seven points. And so, the 49ers have been playing really good defense. And that's why you make that cause, because you trust your defense. You want to make them drive the length of a, down the field to get points out of it. You do that, you get two first downs. Well, maybe not with Matt Guy as a kicker. It's a, it, you know, it's three points. But I don't mind the call because of the way they were playing defense. And... What player car are you going to go? They're not being able – they can't run the ball effectively. Do you really want to trust Jimmy G to make this uh, make this play for you? And so it's probably a lot of factors that Shanahan is thinking about. We can't run the ball effectively. I don't know if I trust Jimmy G that way. And so that could be the reason why. Hmm. Hmm. Amazing. I, I look at the Niners and I, I – Fred Warner and Nick Bosa – and and Debo Samuel, I didn't mention Trent Williams. I forgot like Trent Williams. Like they got probably five of the best football players in the sport, right? Uh, that's an uh, and and if we have perspective, they beat the Rams at the Rams. They beat Green Bay in Green Bay. They beat Dallas in Dallas. And they it, it, what what happens when they add uh, Trey Lance to that mix? It brings a dynamic that I'm sure 
Shanahan is going to smile about is he has learned this first year sitting. It's how the NFL game works. Understands coverage, um, what to do, the timing in his head. Just the, just that element of his legs, his athleticism, his arm strength of being able to throw passing routes that they just didn't do. It's going to open everything up. But it's, I'm sure there's going to be some growing pains. He hasn't played a lot of football in his life. Yeah, He didn't throw the ball much in college. But with his athleticism and his arm strength, it's going to present an element that I'm sure is going to be refreshing. And there's going to be some growing pains. That division is yeah. not going to be easy because you assume Seattle will be better. Arizona will be better. If the Rams can keep who they have, that's who everyone's chasing. And so I'm optimistic that, that Trey is going to be a hell of a player, but it's going to be ebbs and flows and ups and downs for sure. TG, you're the best, man. Can't wait to hear you this week and uh, catch up with you Super Bowl week. And the Bengals being in the Super Bowl, wow, what, a, what an amazing story. Thanks so much for joining us. Doug, I got you, baby. Keep up the great work, man. That's TJ Hushmanzada from a Pro Bowl wide receiver, co-host of Up On Game. You can hear that every Saturday, noon to 2 Eastern time. It's TJ, LeVar Arrington, Plexico Burst. That show is fantastic. You should download the podcast.